Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode two of the Talking Floorball podcast. We're back for another one. This time it is the April edition of the podcast. As always, the IFF media team, myself, James, and Mari, here Hello. to talk you through the happenings in floorball over the past month. Uh, of course, the regular season for most nations, Europeans in particular, has been wrapping up. Some have already finished, some have already concluded, and others are close to finishing. And today we're going to go through and look and talk about all of the big four nations in Europe and their playoffs, the men and the women, and also mention a couple of the other nations and their playoffs. A couple of surprises in there, a big surprise in Latvia, and a couple of surprises in the women's playoffs in Slovakia as well. Well, Mari, uh, we'll start with you. How are you feeling? And um, which who are you going to be look- talking to us about today? Yeah, so um, I'm feeling quite good. Obviously, we have the men's under-19 um, championships coming up next week already. So, of course, I'm really excited to um, go to Denmark. So it will be a really busy week for us. So that's cool. And I will talk about the finals in Finland and also in Switzerland. What about yourself, James? What are you talking about in this podcast today? Well, the other two, uh, obviously, I'm going to be mentioning the Czech finals, which I did commentary for on the IFF app. And uh, we'll also be talking about the Swedish Super League, Svenska Superligan, uh, as their final it takes place this weekend. So just talking about their playoff structure, and everything else. As you mentioned, Mari, Under-19 is coming up. We'll be doing a preview of that in a separate podcast episode. Uh, that will be coming up shortly, just before the event, around Monday. Once we record it first. Yes, that's correct. Uh, so it should be out on Monday the 24th of April, just before the event begins on the Wednesday. So look forward to that one. Mari, Let's start off with the Finnish playoffs. What, what happened in, in, in Suomiland? Um, well, many things are happening. Obviously, the men's finals are happening right now. Um, the previous game or the third final was played yesterday. And now Nokia are leading with 2-1 against Turku. So obviously, I could say the two best teams of this season are playing in the finals. Nokia won the regular season with 75 points, while Turku, they finished second with 73 points. And of course, I mean, both teams had a solid performance in the semifinals. They took the, the wins they needed in the first four, four games. Uh, Turku against Happe, Nokia against Oilers. And I mean, we were watching that match that deciding semi-final between Nokia and Oilers. Yeah, we went to Espo and we went to the Espon Arena. I think, was it Espon Arena? What's it called, the venue, the stadium? Um, I think it's Tapiola Urheilu Halli. Yes, uh, my Finnish... Sport <laughs> Arena, something. My Finnish is horrendous, so um, I will let Mali handle all the Finnish pronunciations, but... Uh, we went there to watch the semi-final of the game. Um, that was the deciding one that Nokia won. And um, great atmosphere. Really great. 
there were some Nokia fans uh, standing behind us and they were like yelling all the time. So the atmosphere was really good. I was I was really surprised that it was so good and uh, yeah, that the arena was packed as well. And what about the uh, the women's? Uh, that's actually concluded now. Yeah, I mean, they're there they 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 already have one trophy. Oh, they have more than one trophy from this season, though, because they have won everything possible, basically. They won the Athliga Super Cup, which starts the new season in Finland. And um, they won the Finnish Cup. Now they are Finnish champions for the second time in a row. And, well, obviously they played in the Champions Cup where they didn't w win that. But still, other than that, they have won everything. So I think... Tepeas and Turku, they are definitely becoming the new um, powerhouse of floorball in the in the women's league for sure. Also in the men's, I can I can say that as well. And well, interesting fact. So Turku uh, in the women's, they won the regular season, and they didn't lose a game during this season. Like when we look at the 21 matches during regular season plus the playoffs, so 10 matches, so in total 31 matches, they did not lose a game. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, they lost one match all season long. And that was to uh, Turing Gruppen. In, in the, the Champions Cham Cup. Champions yeah. Cup final. So, yeah. And that was still quite a close match as well. So um, that could have, you know, they, they, they could have, on another day won that one as well so um yeah just very good season i uh, i was at the the game four in in black box uh, uh, arena in lempala and um yeah i saw tps win uh clinched the overtime goal i think it was uh, laura rantanen who scored yeah. it so that was uh that was that was pretty cool to to witness uh went there because i'm I'm a Tepes fan, but mainly a Serena Fitzy fan, so I went to support her. And we uh, cannot record any podcast episode without mentioning Serena Fitzy. <laughs> yes, uh, my favorite player on the women's side, and then my favorite player on the men's side, Mike Troller. But uh, we'll see. Uh, I can't make it to uh, Denmark as easily as I can to Turku, so it's a bit <laughs> easier for me to go watch Fitzy than it is Mike Troller. So yeah. But yeah, congrats to TPS. They dominant season as always, and um, we'll see what they do next season in the Champions Cup if they can go one step further. Yeah, and if the men's will win as well, then I mean it's gonna be like proper celebration in Turku probably the whole summer. So yeah. because obviously it would be a historical win for for TPS as well. I think Nokia and TPS both teams are without a title. Nokia finished second last year yeah they have silver from, from last year and bronze from the previous one and then uh, during the past two seasons at least Tepe has has been fourth yeah they're very good uh, very good sides both teams um, international representations for both of the men's finalists with uh, a Latvian each on each side uh, Trexer for TPS and Krumins for Nokian and then also Vitakovsky for Nokian, who's um, probably the most Finnish-sounding name, Valtteri Vitakovsky, but he's a Canadian national player and um, always plays very well for Canada in the 
the WFCs. So, um, and I know that the Canadians currently have a small contingent over in Nokia. Uh, Matt Smith, I believe, has brought some juniors over, and and they're doing some co-op training with uh, Nokia and uh, collaboration together. So yeah. it's, it's nice to see. Oh, that's very good. So we'll move on to my side and uh, the Chesky Florbal Superfinale uh, that took place in the O2 Arena in Praha, in Prague, over the weekend. Um, that was on commentary on the IFF app, uh, on live stream, and also on CT Sport on Czech TV. And uh, it was a pretty... Pretty, pretty good day. Pretty good um, match of both matches of floorball were very decent and um, wasn't a runaway. It wasn't a runaway as some people might have expected, especially in the women's. Uh, Vitkovice uh, very dominant all year, and um, many thought that they were going to just come in and wipe the floor with Ostrava. But um, both teams, obviously from the Ostrava region, uh, from around the city of Ostrava, so it was an Ostrava derby in Prague. Amazing. And, uh, yeah, so it's uh, with a, a lot more international players and um, both sides with, with Polish-Slovak representation, um, obviously majority Czech, but it was a very, very back-and-forth final about Witkowice's talent really showed and then they pulled through with the 6-4 win in the final. And, uh, yeah, another dominant... Another dominant team, um, Ostara were in the Champions Cup this year, representing the Czechs, but uh, Vitkovica will be there next year. And uh, they definitely are one of the strongest teams. Some of their players, uh, Vendula Marashova in particular, and Dominika Bucek was, uh, was on fire in the final as well. She's always on fire, though. Yeah, it's a bit hard to stop her. Um, and that's saying that not lightly. Vidkovice lost uh, one game all year round and that was to Tatran in the semi-finals of the playoffs they also went undefeated in the regular season so really just a dominant season they won the the Czech Cup women's Czech Cup as well uh, 11-0 in the final against Tatran so dominant display all year round so congratulations to Vidkovice the women's team and speaking of Vitkovice, the, the men's team was also in the final. So we had could have had a double. But unfortunately for Vitkovice fans, it was Tatran Strešovice who came out as victors in the men's final in the Czech Republic with a 4-3 win in overtime. It was a match I have less goal, but it was heavily deflected on its way in. And uh, it was very nervy. Uh, Tatran were very sort of in control in the first period and the second period came along and Vitkovica came back into it in the last five minutes of the second period, took the lead in the third through Michal Pajak and Tatran equalised not long after and went into overtime. So uh, very back and forth, very good atmosphere and environment, over 12,000 people packing in the O2 arena to watch that final between Tatran and Vitkovice and uh, yeah another quality display on show from uh, Czech floorball mm. and they uh, always put up a show quality show I mean definitely yeah same final uh, same venue as the WFC final men's from uh, 2018 yeah and yeah it's uh, always uh, always nice to go back to the O2 arena and see 
how it always is filled up for the Czech Super League final. So congratulations to Tatran and Vitkovice in the Czech Republic. Yeah, definitely want to say also that their mascot is amazing. <laughs> the Tatran one? No, the the Czech one. Oh, the, the super final Florian, the s- yes. I think. The super final, super finale man. I yeah. think is his like official name now, but. I remember when um, obviously Florian was there 2018 for the men's WSC and at one point just throwing popcorn to the audience. (laughs) Yeah, there was two of them this year actually. So, uh, and then uh, the only reason I mentioned the Tatran one was because I remember on commentary just seeing this big red dinosaur walking behind one of the goals. And it was at that moment I realized, oh, that's the Tatran mascot. Okay, cool. <laughs> You're so. like, who is that? Oh, it's the mascot. Okay. And yeah, speaking of mascots, actually, when when I went to the um, Tepe S Classic final in the women's in Finland, there was three mascots. There was a penguin from the Tepe okay. S side. Yeah. There was a uh, what was it? A panda for classic. Yeah. And then there was the raven. Which was the F Liga official mascot. So you had a whole zoo of animals <laughs> in Finland. <laughs> and then you had a super a floorball superhero and a dinosaur in the Czech Republic. So very creative mascots out there. Yeah. And uh, if you have any any interesting mascots yourselves, then take a picture of them and tag us on Instagram. And uh, we're definitely interested to see your weird and wonderful floorball mascots. And maybe you could come up with a mascot also for the IFF. Yeah. That would be hilarious. Yeah, we have our mascots every year for our world championships. But like an IFF one. Like, but not yeah. necessarily for a specific event. But <laughs> for sure, for sure. We'd love that. Um, we saw the uh, the Swiss last year had the St. Bernard dog as their mascot. And then... I saw he made an appearance at the Swiss finals as well. Ooh. Or she, or it. it whatever dog. whatever pronoun the the um, the, the mascot, the Ber- St. Bernard dog uses, of course. But uh, speaking of Swiss finals. Yeah. What was that like, Mari? Well, I mean, that was interesting. Obviously, in the Klotten Dietlikon Jets against Scorpion Emmental Zollbrück. So... Claude and Dietlikon, they became champions for the fourth time in a row. This was their 10th title in total. So, yeah. It's getting a bit boring now. Come on, Claude. Yeah, but I mean, I gotta say <laughs> that, of course, this final was super exciting. Usually we have seen the final between Claude and Dietlikon Jets and Piranha. Kur. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. I'm really, really sorry for that. We have our Swiss colleague, Jörg, downstairs. So we might need to go and pull him up just to pronounce... Sure, sure. But anyway, um, so usually the final has been between those two teams. So of course now with the Scorps being in the final, um, for the second time in the club's history, they were the runner-ups. So of course it was a great achievement um, from the team. The Scorps did gather more points during the regular season um, and finished first, actually. And um, I read that the Jets, Claude and Dietlikon, they had the youngest team in the league. And apparently they did experience some lows during the season, uh, changed the coach and things like that. So, of course, 4-2 win in the Super Final must feel pretty good. 
also interesting pick from the women's league in Switzerland, Denisa Ratajova was the top scorer of the regular season. Uh, 31 goals and 18 assists in 18 games. Um, Ratajova was also the best scorer in the playoffs with 16 goals and 9 assists in 12 games. And she transferred to Tuk United for this season. So, Which is strange because she's not Swedish. And it seems like at the moment Zug is becoming like a Swedish but national team. I, I mean, she played in Sweden. Ah, so, there you go. So that's enough, I guess. She speaks Svenska <laughs> then. Yeah, so earlier she represented um, Bixbo Wallenstam. And I guess the transfer to Zug United was pretty okay, at least looking at her stats. And about the men? Esper Wieler Erzigen won the final against Flova Kernitz, only after penalty shootout. And, uh, well, as Bau, it was their 13th title. So they are the record mass, yeah, record champions in Switzerland. So I, I, I was watching that game uh, towards the end of it in the overtime, and the, uh, the commentary team for the IFF just kept mentioning about how Ludovic is not going to score today. He was like... <laughs> shooting about 17 times and every shot was blocked or wide and then in the shootout he had a penalty shot well in the shootout and was saying okay okay here it comes now and he missed his shot as well but thankfully for Dudovic the the green and white one on the day yeah so in Switzerland the men's semi-finals were already extremely intense and were both semi-finals were only decided in game seven so that must be in a really like I mean many games in the playoffs if you have to go until game seven and actually decide it in that game. Yeah, it was uh, it was very interesting uh, for sure. I mean, like I mentioned, Dudovic he was the top scorer in the uh, in the playoffs and uh, was one of the danger men for Vila. Uh, but even though he couldn't score, the rest of the team stepped up when it mattered most and. We had uh, what it seemed like in the water. The goalies in in Switzerland are drinking something that makes them retire because yeah. we had two goalie retirements recently, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Pascal Meyer announced that his playing career is over and now also the Florbar Kernitz goalie and the Swiss national team goalie Patrick Eder has announced that, or at least we heard the news, that he is also retiring from Florbar from playing at least so yeah if you're a swiss male goalie there is now not a better time to no, stake your place in the swiss men's national team as a goalie two spots are open there you go yeah this this info comes from the iff <laughs> unofficially yeah but also one another great career came to an end when uh, tatu vanen ended his playing career. This was his fifth championship title with Villers again after playing 10 years in the team. And of course, we know Vananen from the Finnish national team as well. A great defender and a true leader, I can say. Is it two? Two gold medals, three silvers? Vananen's one? We'll have to double check that, but he is very accomplished on the international stage as well. Uh, has represented Finland for over six or seven world championships. And um, 
always has been like a stalwart. He wasn't in the the squad for Zurich and Winterthur, but he was. He has three three championship gold medals. That's not too bad. Yeah, just just chilling on three gold medals. A very storied career for the for the Finnish man, and something in Switzerland going through the the water that's making everybody retire. Um, But. Small spots opening and definitely a lot of young talent coming through as well. And we saw that on show as well um, in Swiss in the Swiss finals and the Czech finals. Uh, for example, Adam Zubek for the uh, for Vitkovice, and um, he scored two goals in that men's final against Tatran. And uh, Zubek will be going to Frederikshavn for the under nineteen, so he's definitely a danger man to look forward to. Uh, and um, yeah, just speaking of under 19s, we move to the Svenska Superligan, and uh, I'll start off with the men, um, where the very talented side of Tfalun and of course Stövreta are going to be meeting in the final. Stövreta, they beat Vajo. Vajo? Vajo. I'm not even going to try because. I just know I can't pronounce it. Vejo. I'm going <laughs> to stick my sword on the Vejo. Uh, they beat Vejo 4-3 in the semifinals. Again, like the Swiss men's, uh, both semifinals went to seven games. Falun beating Pixpo Wallenstam. Of course, Falun with one of the greatest goal scorers and players of this generation in Alexander Galante Kaustrom uh, on their squad who recently got awarded a medal by the King of Sweden, I believe. That's, uh, well, not, not something that every player will experience during their careers, I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have to be a legend of the sport to be uh, awarded a title, a medal by royalty in Sweden, and uh, it was for his contributions to floorball, so, or to innibandi, as they would say, so... Congratulations to Galante Karlström on receiving that medal and Stortkraftis. hopefully he can top off the season for his side with a win for his Fallon side against Stuvretta. The final of that is a one-game final, just like our Super League finals in Czech Republic and Switzerland. The Finns obviously decided, no, we're going to be it's different. It's not for them. No. We, we want the real excitement. We want to have possibly all the seven games and then... Um, decide the winner in the seventh. Yeah, game. they like the ice hockey style a bit more. Yeah, of the of the best of seven or best of five, depending on which round you're in. Yeah, and uh, for the women's side in Sweden, it's the two familiar sides. Um, you could sort of bet your house on these two meeting in the <laughs> final before the season began and even during the season. Uh, Turengruppen, who are uh, who were undefeated until they lost to Big Spa, uh in the in the in the regular season, and then also in the Swedish Women's Cup final, which was uh, almost m- for many a big upset. But Pixbo beating Turingruppen, and both teams just completely clear of the rest of the field. Uh, Rombi also put up a good fight, as did Fallon women, but. Um, it came to be that Turingruppen not losing a match in the playoffs, beating Malmo and Falun to get to the final, while Big Sport themselves beat 
Kalmarsund, and then Rombi in the semi-finals to get through to the said final. Uh, Torengruppen again with their own modern-day legend in Emily Vibron and several other top Swedish national team players uh, just dripping with talent on that team and two Finnish modern-day legends as well in the Kalpies. Mm-hmm. Kalpi twins. So stacked squad, very, very good, as are Pixbo as well themselves with um, Rikke Hansson and se- social media ambassador Rikke Hansson, excuse us, and several other incredible uh, talents from the Swedish side, Swedish team, Norwegians, they are also very stacked. So it'll be interesting. Uh, Pixbo obviously have the, the better head-to-head recently with that cup final win. And uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what way that goes. Uh, I believe that's taking place in the Avicii Arena in, uh, in Sweden. So also this Saturday, 22nd yes. of April. And uh, we'll see what happens there. So those were your top four leagues, top four European leagues and the playoffs. And uh, we'll just make a quick mention of some other leagues. Uh, I want to have a quick mention of the Slovak League. Definitely not because of my Slovak blood. Um, but there was an interesting story in there in which the on the women's side, we didn't have the first and second ranked team in the final uh, of the regular season. Pruska and Spiska Novaves, both first and second, uh, respectively. Uh, got through and got um, buys from the first round, from the quarterfinals into the semis, but then both lost in the semifinals. Uh, Harvard Partizanske uh, won their semifinal. Three series wins to one over Pruske, and Nemshoa beat Spiska Novaves to set up the best of five final, which went to five games, and Partizanske won that in that fifth game, that decisive fifth game. Uh, so that was a very exciting end to the Slovak Women's League. Um, Harvard Partizanske in particular have a lot of um, uh, talent on their side. Slovak national team players, I've noticed, and under-19 Slovak team players as well. Uh, on the men's side in Slovakia, it was sort of uh, as you as you would expect. FPC Tente Trenčín undefeated in the playoffs, winning every round they played, quarters, semis, and finals by three series wins to zero. Uh, undefeated in the playoffs, very dominant season for them, playing Zahorska Bistrica in the final, who did two upsets, beating Zilina, second-ranked Zilina in the first round, and then in the semifinals beating Florko Kosica, who were one of the strongest men's sides in Slovakia. Uh, a little bit of trivia for you. The current NHL player, uh, Juraj Slavkovsky, one of the brightest young NHL stars and brightest young ice hockey stars for Slovakia, uh, used to play for Florko Košice. Uh, he played for them up to the season before he went abroad to play ice hockey. So he would mix in his ice hockey training with his floorball training, which I oh, pretty cool. Really cool. And we've had other other players as well who do that, uh, most famously Miko Rantanen of the Colorado Avalanche, whose sisters and uh, family, whole family, play floorball. So his sister's winning the title this year with Tepes again, Laura and Nora. And um, he's off in Colorado in the NHL winning Stanley Cups. So 
not a bad sporting family for their antennas either. Yeah, definitely not. Mari, do you have any other leagues in Europe that you have your eye on? Yeah, so in Latvia, also a very surprising result, we could say, if we look at the regular season in the men's. Uh, Liel Verde, who was seventh in the regular season, ended up winning the super final. Uh, they beat Valmiera 5-4 in, in the final in overtime. And then the women's winner, Rubene, they are the champions for the 15th time in the club's history and nine, for the ninth time in a row. Um, they won the final against Riga in, in the 6-5 in overtime as well. Yeah, that's that's crazy. A seventh side, a seventh ranked team in the playoffs winning winning the, the final. Uh, Lille Varda, 26 points in 20 games, beating Valmiera, who had 48 in 20. So, and, and I'm uh, looking at yeah, both finals were only decided in overtime. So that must have been like really, really cool event. Yeah, you got you got your money's worth if you bought yeah. tickets for the Latvian Super Final. That's for sure. So, uh, and uh, very nice arena as well as as was the case in in Prague. They used one of their main arenas in Latvia. It was a very nice, very nice Super Final. So, yeah, congrats to the. Dominant champions Rubina and the upset, or maybe not upset, but on paper upset, Lial Varda. Uh, yes, congratulations everyone. So we'll move on to the last section of today's podcast. Uh, we, we asked you on Instagram and we'll probably do that a bit more going forward for every episode. We asked you two questions for this podcast. We first one was our poll that we did about whether you as a fan would prefer a super final as the Czechs, Swiss and Swedes are doing or whether you prefer an ice hockey style best of seven as the Finns do. What was the what were those results on on that one, Marie? Yeah, it was really interesting to see who were actually uh, voting, for example, the best of seven option or like uh, more games, the better. Because some of the players actually play in these countries who have the super final. So it was really interesting to see that maybe they would prefer more games. Oh, of course, if you have had the super final for years now, maybe you would like to try something different as well. We're not going to say which players. Of course, and which. I can't even like, yeah, I won't say anything, but, but still it was interesting. Uh, majority voted for one final, so 60 Three percent said that they prefer to have, for example, the super final, um, while thirty-seven percent chose the final series and more games the better. I think, from my personal standpoint, I prefer a best of seven. Me too, definitely. Yeah. I, I think I don't know whether that's because I grew up watching ice hockey all my whole life and I'm sort of invested in that in that playoff style. I think it's also a bit fairer. I, I think you should be rewarded a little bit for your play in the regular season. Yeah. And it, you really don't get rewarded for that. Um, well, you uh, you do get home advantage, obviously, during the, the preliminary stages of the playoffs. But um, I think in a final, to be rewarded by having that extra home game, if possible, if necessary, uh, because of your work in the regular season, I think that's a bit fairer. Yeah, and... Somehow I just enjoy watching the finals because obviously if you have just one final, 
on a specific day. I don't know. Maybe you have some other plans then, or something that you just. I'm going to the shops. I can't watch. <laughs> maybe the you just can't make it. But if you have a chance to see, you know, actually follow a series of games, then then it's it's definitely better. And I personally definitely enjoyed watching the uh, finals in Finland, both the women's and the men's, because then you have that continuous. Um, kind of wait for like which team will win the win the title, and of course the change are, of course the games are always different as well. Mm. So those have like a different result possibly, or some other changes or something. So yeah, yeah, it's hard as well when, uh, for example, like we saw in the Czech Republic, where both teams in the final of the women were from Ostrava. Mm. But they're playing playing in Prague, so that's something that you can't f- really foresee beforehand. Unfortunately, when you're when you're finding a venue, um, if your venue is in your capital city, for example Helsinki, mm. and the two teams in the final of both men's and women's are from Turku and Tampere, so that means all their fans would have to travel to Helsinki for the final. And uh, we saw in Czech Republic, but fans from Ostrava were traveling. Uh, to Prague to watch that as well. So yeah, now it's actually interesting. So if the men's Africa finals will go until game seven, they will actually go to the big arena. The um, in Turku? Uh, no, in Tampere. So they will, but they will play their game seven in Tampere Ice Stadium in Hakamet. Is that the? Oh, I believe that's the venue of the ice hockey world championships this year. Is it, or is that the? It's not the Nokia Arena. Ah, okay, okay. Just saying, it's my, not that. <laughs> my bad. Uh, it's the second biggest stadium then in Tampere, I think. I think so. Yeah. Yes. Okay, because the brand new ice hockey stadium they built for last year's world championships, and then they're using it again this year for the ice hockey world championships because uh, it got moved from from Russia to Latvia and Finland this year. So. But anyway, enough about ice hockey. It's <laughs> a <laughs> yeah. floorball podcast. Talking floorball podcast. Talking and floorball. we are talking about ice hockey. Often happens in Finland, I guess. <laughs> my bad. But I did wake up to my favorite ice hockey team, the NHL, uh, Winnipeg Jets, winning game one against the Golden Vegas Golden Knights. So I'm very happy about that. But I just woke up to back pain. Okay. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to the podcast, people. Um <laughs> So we asked you, the fans, uh, if there's anything you want us to answer or talk about on the podcast. Open question, ask us anything. Did we get anything interesting, Mary? Uh, the question about Olympics. From the fans? Yeah. Ah, okay. So yes, we got some, we got about three different variants of the questions of why isn't floorball in the Olympics? <laughs> and the very simple answer is... Well, it's really only a major sport in four countries in the world. And those four countries do not host the Olympics. Mm. Sweden, Finland, Switzerland, and Czech Republic. Uh, Switzerland hosts the Olympics, but they host the Winter Olympics. So it wouldn't be classified as a winter sport, even though for some it is played in winter months and can be sort of seen as like a co-op style with winter sports but it's definitely more it would be on a summer program we're very happy currently that the the at the iff that floorball is part of the world games which is Mm. the a 
Olympics for sports that are not in the Olympics. So mini Olympics, kind of. Yeah, but when we mini non Olympics. When we were there in Alabama last year, it didn't feel like mini. It felt very non Olympics. Okay, that's what it is. <laughs> it felt very you know, professional, and it felt very um, you know grandiose. Uh, it just doesn't get the obviously the the TV coverage and the media coverage that an Olympics would get, but yeah. um, I I think also the the way that the current format of the Olympics is and the IOC is that every country that hosts gets a chance to introduce two sports on the program for that country hosting. So, for example, we saw karate and skateboarding in Tokyo. And we're seeing that for Australia in 2032, they're trying to introduce uh, netball and also a variation of cricket, maybe like a one-day version of cricket. So it, it's really the only way now you see new sports getting to the IOC and getting into the program of the Olympics, unless they're already very established, is through this this function, this ability that every host nation now gets to introduce sports that are very popular in the host country. Um, and unfortunately, looking at the next hosts, uh, Paris, unfortunately, even though France, you qualified for the World Championships, there's a lot more other popular sports in France that would get that option. Mm. The US, again, growing sport in the US is floorball, but definitely not something that they would want. They would definitely choose something like a baseball and softball to come back in, um, then floorball, and then Australia. Um, so... Unfortunately, uh, for the for the time being, especially, um, it doesn't help. Also, that as floorball is a team sport, it takes up a certain number of accommodation spaces, um, and that is also something that I think is very underlooked. Yeah, accommodation at these kind of uh, tournaments and and these big multi sport events, um, where you look at the sports that got introduced, skateboarding is a single person sport, surfing a single person sport. Karate, single person or two people, maximum sport. And then you introduce something like floorball, which is... Yeah, we have 20 players <laughs> and five team officials. And then we have, yeah. like, how many teams? Let's say, like, eight teams, like we had in the in the World Games this year, uh, last year. Yeah, so you compare that That's, to yeah. skateboarding, which might have 30 athletes maximum, and then two or three staff per person. And then you have floorball, which has... 25 26 per team yeah and then that's eight teams so <laughs> that's also one of the major unfortunate factors of us um getting into more multi-sport events but we're very happy to be part of the the world games and i definitely feel like more world games appearances will help us fingers crossed uh, the news will come out next month about the world games um, the IFF has um, been pushing for both women and men at the upcoming 2025 uh, World Games in Chengdu in China. And uh, it's our hope when we get the official news that comes out next month that it will be confirmed that both men and women will be taking part in the World Games, which would be great because we've had yeah. two World Games with only men. That would be amazing. So fingers crossed, but we'll keep you updated on that and all other things all other floorball news and things to do officially with floorball uh, on all of our channels and everything else. So our next big event is the men's under-19 in Fredericksharven. That starts next week, if you're listening to this, around the 
20th of April. Uh, but we will be also producing a small preview, as we said, preview podcast of the under-19s going through each team in each group and talking about some players, some teams, and who we think might win. I'm not going to say anything about that because, you know, under-19 events are really different from the adults' events, like you say. You cannot really predict the results in a similar way you can in the in the adults. Um, but we already got a, one question considering the under-19 WSC and who we think will be the black horse of the event. Dark horse. The, the black horse might be a Finnish phrase saying, but I know in English it's dark horse. <laughs> it is actually, it is from Finland. And now I can't, like in, from Finnish yeah. to English, it is. <laughs> you, go. you learn something new every day, people. If you ever come to Finland, don't say dark horse, say black horse as an underdog. Oh, the, yeah. <laughs> and like considering that question, it's really hard to tell. But of course, we can talk about it more in the in the next episode. For sure, but if we if you would like, we just give one we give one team that we think is gonna over not overachieve, but uh, maybe shock some people. Well, I can I can name two teams. So of course, Australia and Singapore. Um, they like both teams because um the last time the under 19 wsc happened it was in 2021 and because of covid situation we did not have any asia oceania teams at that event so of course it's really interesting to see how they um you know how they play at the under 19 wsc and of course it's interesting to see their level when you compare to the uh, European teams as well and who have kind of had more games, especially more international games during the past years. So, Yeah, definitely. I, I think I, I resonate with that. I think my two picks, I'm going for one team. I'm going for US. I, I think a lot of people think they're the weakest team at these, at these championships and the... Uh, uh, but I do think with the way that it is now working in the US where they host several tournaments a year um, and also they have the NF- NAFL in the summer is really going to help. Maybe not currently, but you'll see for in the in the future how these young homegrown US players will get to play alongside some really good quality, good standard European players who come over in the summer and then they use that training and they use that experience gained in their uh, national and and regional tournaments. So um, I I definitely think that while they may not achieve big currently, but I I do think the future is bright for US floorball. Definitely. And I do think they will get a win at this tournament as well. Yeah. Um, And then I think from from the top two groups, A and B, uh, I, I don't know whether <laughs> you can call Sweden a dark horse, but because <laughs> no, it's Sweden. No, at least a black horse, but dark. <laughs> but also maybe not a dark horse, but yeah. But the fact they haven't won for so long is 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 very unheard of in 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 floorball. Mm. Uh, Czechs are two-time defending champions, and Sweden are sort of. 
going through a very dry spell in the under 19 so oh, yeah. i i do think they they they're my pick for the for the for the title this year but um, that's the only reason i can classify them as a dark horse because they haven't won for a while but it is sweden so it's a bit like saying yeah you know uh, Torin Gruppen, who didn't lose, are going to get to the final of the Swedish playoffs. So, of course, they would. So, um, But we'll see what happens. And for a bit more detail, where we go into each group and we go talk about each team and some players, check out our next episode, which should release shortly before the tournament begins on Monday the 24th. And, of course, the tournament itself in Fredrikshavn, the Men's Under-19 World Floorball Championships 2023, taking place from April the 26th until the 30th. So, Mari, any last ending comments for today's episode? Well, follow us during the Under-19 WSC and... Not, yeah. li- not like, <laughs> physically follow us, but... <laughs> I mean, follow, follow the action on IFS social media, on the IFS app as well yeah of course if you want to watch any of the games at the under 19 world championships all of them will be live streamed um, and we will have all medal matches english commentary and our bronze medal and final as ever beautifully commentated by our lead commentator mr ollie hogburn Um, so the voice of floorball i mean at least yeah Voice of international floorball. Indeed. Every World Championships, he is there. So, thank you for listening to today's episode. We hope you enjoyed. As always, send us any comments on Instagram if you have any comments about about the Talking Floorball podcast. And we'll be back for the preview of the Men's Under-19 WFC. And until then, if you enjoyed, leave us a a like and a rating on Spotify. And we will see you next time. Thank you. Bye.